everyone. This is Nanette from NanetteFayGordon.com, and you're listening to the Fire After 50 podcast. This is the spot where I sit down with passionate women over the age of 50, and we explore what lights them on fire. Women who listen to their own intuition to design a life they love, many in unconventional ways. So sit back and prepare to be inspired. Welcome to the next episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. And um, today, I am really excited to introduce you to a woman who I greatly admire. Um, I've known her for um, a while, quite a while, I guess. And we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Um, But wow, like as a woman as an artist, as a friend, as a mom, like there's so many things about this woman that I want to dive into and talk about. And uh, you're going to want to go find her website and her Instagram after I'm done. I'm just letting you know that. Um, So her name is Amber Walker. And Amber was born and raised in the great state of Maine, as I was. Um, She received her master's degree in social work in 2001, an expressive arts therapist, trauma-informed certification in 2021. Her love of art has dovetailed with her 20-year career as a social worker. Often the artwork is in the form of art journaling a creative endeavor that serves as a therapeutic outlet for letting go. I'm getting all choked up just saying this. The words paint and ink spill across the pages with no conscious plan or desired outcome. Nothing is off limits. Her body of work is intuitive and often incorporates themes of women in the pursuit of freedom. And that just gives me the shivers. Like I'm already emotional before I've even introduced her. <laughs> Amber, hello. I'm so happy hello. you're here. Thank you, Nanette. That was beautiful. And I feel really honored that you've included me in your podcast. Oh my gosh. It wouldn't have been complete without you. Like I just admire you in so many different ways. And whenever we have conversations, they just like, they aren't about the weather, are they? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> no, I don't know how, how to do that either. Um, yeah, like we met, I don't know. I'm, I think maybe we've tried to figure out maybe like around 10 years ago, something like that. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, we met through a mutual, very, very dear friend of both of ours. And um, one of the first things that we actually did together was a weekend retreat for women. And I had to look back and see what, what, what it was called, because I can remember being so pleased with myself that I came up with a creative name for it. Um, it was called Journey Through the Creative Lens. Yes. I still use your strategies when I'm taking photographs some of the things that you taught, like look up and move around and, you know, stay, it's like that physicality, right? When you're being creative with the camera. So I still use some of your tips from 10 years ago. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, it was a great, great weekend. And you and Amy taught art journaling and I taught photography, but then we threw in 
some yummy food. Um, we photographed sunrise at Portland Headlight. Um, yeah, it was a great bonding weekend for the women who who came and joined us. It was really wonderful. And that's, I think, really the time I got to know you, planning that and doing that, I got to know you the most. And then we did a, a cooperative blog for a little while, which was really fun too. Do you remember what yes, that was called? Lines. Yeah, Fearless, Fearless Lines. Fearless Lines. Mm -hmm. I love that. That was that was really fun too. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you right off the bat is what are you most passionate about right now? You know, it kind of stays consistent. It's art journaling. And I don't know why that is, but I uh, return to it every time. Hmm. So I think it's because it's a place that there's no expectations there's no focus on the outcome. It's just all about the process and it's therapeutic. Um, someone was saying the other day about, they're talking about when you're in pain and that there's this thing called smart pain. And I've referred to it as clean pain, that when I'm in pain, I can use my art to express it, to be in it. I don't use anything to avoid it. Like I don't cover it up with substances or shopping or whatever, even though I love shopping, I don't do that with my pain. Instead, I get up close to it and I express it and release it through my art journaling. So I think that's why art journaling is my passion. And I hope I, I've been doing it 20 years now. I hope it always continues with me throughout my life. I can't imagine my life without it. I can't imagine your life without it either. <laughs> So how did it start? Like what, what's the, what's the journey of you as an art journaler and what, how did you get interested in that, in that? I was a brand new social worker and I had to facilitate a group with adolescent females that had diagnosis of substance abuse and mental health. And they wanted me to do a creative group and I was clueless on what to do. So I started doing some research and I stumbled upon still my favorite artist. And I have a few copies of her book called Spilling Open. Mm -hmm. Sabrina Ward Harrison is her name. And it was magic for me. I, I just immersed myself in her book because at the time there wasn't social media. And in her book, it's like these photographs and it's paint and it's messy and it's beautiful, but it's also gritty. Like she talks about how uh, she doesn't like the look of her thighs. I mean, it was just very honest, right? And mm. vulnerable and delicious. Like, it sounds delicious. Yes, oh, it is. If you don't have a copy, Nanette, you've got to run out and get. And actually, I believe they're re releasing it this year because it's been 25 years. Years. And so I think it's Random House that's re-releasing a new edition of it. Um, I can't wait. I'll be at the bookstore waiting for the bookstore to open. <laughs> but uh, so I just ran with that. I used that book as my jumping off point with the adolescents and they loved it. Like they were, you know, I did several groups with them and this is my only creative group. And it was the only group that they were, they beat me to the group. Like they were at the table waiting for me. But I also would just lose myself in it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm facilitating a group. <laughs> I felt so, and so it just like it that started the whole journey. I started getting things from my home and then I'd go home at night and 
Yeah. And oh. be just really messy in my books. Oh, that, that sounds really, really wonderful. It sort of reminds me um, of the title of the class that really um, got me on the road to a lot of the things that I'm doing. And that's the Susanna Conway. Um, her first class was Unraveling the Heart. It's sort of even similar, like a similar title. Yours was what? Spilling? What was, what was the title again? Spilling Open. Spilling Open. And Susanna's was unraveling the heart. And so to me, it was like just taking off the layers and taking off the layers and taking off the layers till you got down to what really made the heart happy and what made the heart tick. And wow. And you've been doing it like wholeheartedly every, do you do it most every day? Most days. I mean, when I do a 365 day project, I'm doing it every single day. But mo- I would say most days, I really try hard to have it open and available so that if I have five minutes, I'm running in and just throwing something on that page. And I usually have multiple pages going, so they're in different stages. So mm. like I might run in and I really feel like burning something, <laughs> have a bucket of water with you if you do that, mm-hmm. and I'll burn part of the page, dip it in water. It's just so therapeutic, right? Or I might have a page that's open, that's ready to be written in. Mm. And so I'll just write for five minutes, but I try to give myself permission each day, even if it's just for a small pocket of time. Mm. And you have a studio set up that really helps probably to um, make that happen. You don't have to bring everything out to your kitchen table and set it up. You have a, a designated space for, for this. Is that correct? That is correct. But it's funny because my last studio I had, it was so large. Um, and I found myself carrying around. So if someone doesn't have a space and they're listening to this and they're thinking that, I found myself carrying around this, this small little bag and I was off at the kitchen table doing yeah. art, even though I had the studio for it. Exactly. So yeah, I think as long as you've got the tools ready and you've just got, you've carved a little thing to carry with you, then you can go wild with a very small amount of tools. Yeah. And I've seen people that just say, you know, start with a little tiny desk in a little corner of your bedroom, if that's all you have that's yours, you know, just a a place where you can have a few of your, a few of your own things. And yeah, yeah, that, that's really, that's really great. Um, Well, one of the things I've really admired about you is your discipline. You just referred a little bit to your 365 day projects that you do. And, you know, the discipline ever since I've known you of your art and your projects and your 365 days, but I also know that in the past, I'm not sure if you're doing it now, you've also done some projects where you do work with another person. And at the beginning, I know with our friend Amy, you did something where you sent it back and forth across the country. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, our traveling art journals. Those are some of my most precious art journals that we we even joke about. We can't wait until, you know, we're sitting down in our 80s and looking back over our, our travel our journals what happened was we had gotten disconnected and we had we had some distance between us I happened to be living in New Mexico and she was she was in Texas and then she came back to Maine so we started these journals where 
she, we had two journals and we'd ship them back and forth. And I, the most beautiful thing about that whole process was I knew so much more intimate details about Amy's life than I would if I was just connecting via text and Facebook. Like there's some of the most, pre- yeah, some of the most mm-hmm. precious journals. And, and we would, we would prompt each other with questions um, I remember we did Liz Lamrose. It was like 10 questions and photographs. Um, and we would, we included those 10 photographs answering those questions in the traveling journal. And that's some of my favorite, cause it was just very personal and intimate. And we both went through some really hard times when we kept those travel journals and we kept them for years. Actually. Wow. So you'd each work in one and then you do a certain amount of pages or however much and then you would send them to each other and then you'd each work on the other journal yes yes and at one point we even included another um individual another artist and she's since passed away so as you can imagine those are so incredibly precious to us we actually wow. sent the journals back to her daughter oh my um, gosh. Her daughters yeah after she passed away so i mean it really became I became heightenedly aware of how precious that is um, to have such personal uh, details, right? Personal thoughts yeah. and memories and books mm. and your handwriting. I think yeah. that's, you know, I don't always see that anymore. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think that people even can envision what you're talking about unless they go and look at, you know, your, your website or your, your Instagram. Um, Because, you know, art journaling before I met you and Amy, um, it to me was something that you'd maybe like, you know, sit down and I don't know, put a little paint on the paper or something. And when you folks would start to tell me about how personal it was, I was like, I just, I didn't really get it until I started seeing what you were creating. And so personal and so intimate and so connected, obviously, to whatever is going on in your life. Yes, yes. It's it's not the picture-perfect scrapbook. That actually made me very anxious to think about, like, measuring and things like that. It's none of that. It's like me. It's very... And I think those are beautiful, but that's just not not my niche or my gift. My gift is not that. Um, So they're just very personal. It's, It's our... What are what's what's real for us in those moments? What's happening mm-hmm. for us that maybe we wouldn't put outside of those books? Mm-hmm. You know, some of the mm-hmm. things that I put in those books, I'm not sure I put anywhere else. Right. So, so you just kind of diary in a lot of ways. Yeah, vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. and so such deep connection with that person you're doing the journals with. Mm. So the project that you just um, completed this past year, or was it? I'm not. Maybe it was earlier this year. Um, it was called 365 Dresses. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Can you tell me correct. about that. Like, how did how did that get started? What what did it encompass? And I at the end, what did what what did you do with that? Yeah, I really wanted to do another 365 day project because I had done one. It was like these one inch by one inch squares that I did for 365 days, and each square was an entry of the day. And so even my daughter got into it and we kind of think about like, what, 
what symbolized that day. And so I'd draw on it or write little words or even print tiny, tiny photographs, put on it. So I, I went a year without doing it. Uh, and I was like, wow, I really missed that. And I happened to be watching an episode of Project Runway. So if you're creative, I just love Project Runway. It's Runway All-Stars right now. That's happening <laughs> that I'm really like. <laughs> fully immersed in. So I was watching the show and I was like, wow, I would just wish I could be a designer and design clothes. And I, I would love to put like words on clothes and think about like our own personality and how we could reflect that more on top of our clothing, right? Instead of it being a covering, being the vulnerability. So I was like going through all these thoughts and I was like, oh my goodness. I could make paper dresses and those could be my art journal for the year. And so that's, that's exactly how my thought process starts rolling. And mm -hmm. so then I thought, huh, how can I make sure that I do this? And so I went through all, because as you can imagine, I have lots of papers, lots of old photographs. And so I cut out 365 dresses ahead of the year oh. and then I made folders for each month. Yeah. Oh, put that that's amount of brilliant. That's yeah. bril a brilliant way to make sure that you do it. Yeah. So, so well organized. And then, and then nothing was organized about it. It was like just free flowing. And it, it was probably one of my most favorite um, times of creativity. Cause I just thought a lot about um making the invisible visible like what would I if I was being completely transparent and there were no walls what would I put on my dress mm. there's this amazing this it, I think it was like a um it was her jacket that she a straight jacket she this woman had to wear years and years ago you can look it up I'll have to find the name for you Nanette but she had stitched and she had to be there for years in the psychiatric, the psychiatric institution. She stitched all her words onto her clothing and in the inside of it. It's absolutely stunning. Oh and it's one God. of the things that made me think, yeah, about women and freedom and her voice. And how wow. could I use the voice on these dresses? So it all sort of tied in together. And it, I, I loved it. Oh. So was yeah. each dress representative of that day or was it just whatever came to you when you sat down to do it that day? At first it was, well, what happened was it, I, at first I was doing a little bit of that, like, especially because what I would do is I would design the dress and then I would journal on the back. So for 365 days, I journaled on the back of each one of those dresses, but I did get more creative as they went along and not necessarily captured like what I ate that day, or it was just like maybe in a few lines of, you know, something that I noticed. I remember one time writing something about the way the light was catching on the, um, lake. It was this ice shack. This woman was out there in the storm. She was all out there all alone with her snowmobile in her ice shack. And just the way the light was hitting on it. So I wrote a few lines about that, oh, about solitude, creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how the light, the light hits. Isn't that one of the beautiful things about being an artist, I think, is how much we notice the light and how it impacts us. You know, like the light and how, what the light looks like. Actually, when I was driving down to where I am um, this evening in the Boston area, I, I really noticed where the light went from like so bright and glaring that I could barely see to all of a sudden it really started to get the yellow 
warmth, glow. And I was like, ooh, now this is a light that I really love, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we love our light. Um, do you ever use art journaling in the work that you're doing now? And in what work are you doing now? I do some. So I do have a, a private practice. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I have a mental health private practice. And I did take a journey starting in 2019, uh, expressive arts therapy. And I actually just finished up and submitted for my registered expressive arts therapy. But the reason why I did that was uh, completely for selfish reasons. I absolutely love art, right? It's my outlet. It's how I cope with things. It's my passion. So I thought, why not share that with others? And so I do incorporate as much as I can. And when it's appropriate, I'll incorporate the expressive arts. Actually, what I hope to do in retirement, it's my retirement plan. Mm -hmm. uh, in retirement, I plan to just offer expressive arts classes, groups, and some individual sessions and just helping uh, people get connected to their passion. That sounds, that yeah. sounds wonderful. And I know at one point you were doing classes for educators, for teachers, for like continuing education credits, right? You were offering art journaling um, to teach them to art journal with their students or how, was that how it worked? Yeah, I've done a lot of different workshops over the years. That was one of them that I was, it was people that were occupational therapists or uh, mental health therapists. They came and taught about how to incorporate art journaling within their practices. I've also, I've just done a lot of groups. Like I just did one that was so rewarding. It was um, the Maine's uh, teenagers in foster care. And so they, it was a conference that they were holding for them. And so I got to teach art journaling in two hours, which was a stretch to do that mm -hmm. in two hours, but, but it was just, it was such a rewarding experience. Wow. And so I do try to, you know, offer sometimes at the library or different places. Yeah. You, you're uh, touching to a lot of people. Yeah. To share, but you're touching so many people with your passion and, I know my partner and I went to a show that you had a few years ago at the Bangor Public Library. And if I remember correctly, well, first of all, it was amazing. He is um, a veteran. And so he really wanted to go see it too. And I wanted to see your art, of course. And, but you made paper out of, was it pieces of military, your military uniform? Yes, it's called the Gray Paper Project. And I believe they are still um, running. It's from New Jersey, but they come to Haystack. They they were coming to Haystack yearly in Maine. And what you do is you make paper out of your military uniforms, uh, obviously as a veteran, so you're not actively serving. And it's all about recreating your story. Like what mm -hmm. story do you want to tell from that time? Wow. It was such a powerful experience. Combat paper project. That's what it's mm -hmm. called. My paper happened to be gray because everybody's uniform turns out to be a different color. Actually, if anybody's listening, that's a Navy veteran. There's were the most beautiful. It was like a purple oh. paper. Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. But mine was gray. <laughs> Wow. Well, it's almost like taking emotions and, and being able to express them in a tangible way. I mean, you do it with your art journaling and all the 
things that you use with that, but also for probably people who have never done like our journaling or that kind of thing, it's almost like taking your emotions and having something to hold in your hands to be able to really feel those that's part of their uniform, part of their history. And I can imagine the stories that were told around the table when you were doing your work. Oh, there's some of the stories that I still hold so closely to my heart because because we would write in the morning and then we'd share writing and then we'd work, you know, creating our paper and then working on the paper. It was like this a beautiful unfolding of our stories. Mm. And it was such an honor to hear different people's stories. And then we had an art gallery showing of all the different pages. It, yeah, there is something to be said about making something tangible that you can physically hold in your hands and look at your story from a distance too, but there Mm -hmm. is something powerful about, yeah, the tangibility of it. I I agree. That's how I feel about a lot of times about the photographs that, um, that I create of women um, or we collaboratively create, and then they can actually have that photograph of themselves that, especially when we did the empowered portrait project, it was all about who they are, what their, what their highest um, characteristics are, and to really express that through portraiture. But then they had an actual, you know, tangible photograph to hold in their hands to be able to say, yeah, I, I am very, I'm very courageous woman. And I've got this to hold in my hands to remind me. And yeah, that, that process of using our emotions in our history and our experience and changing it into or transforming it into something tangible is so powerful. It is. Yeah. There is something courageous and also beautiful, right? Even if the artwork is not that's what I find so fascinating the story is still in there and that's where the beauty is that the you just had that's the line of the day Amber (laughs) I love that that's so great um so where do you feel like you know art and emotional wellness and you know all where do they intersect for you they're not separate from me. I, w- I went to this retreat at uh, Ghost Ranch where George O'Keefe, I don't know if you're, I'm, I know you love George O'Keefe. <laughs> I <Yeah>. do. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance, you got to go see your Ghost Ranch in New Mexico if you haven't already. And I was at this retreat and it's, it's really interesting because I would think I'd be quoting the artists and things like that. But it happened to be a volunteer that sat down and ate lunch with us. And she said, because we were all talking about like, oh, it's hard to find the time. It's hard to find the space. And she was quiet when we were talking. And then we just had a moment of silence. And she goes, well, you have to be the space. You are the space. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's right. Like, the space is me. Yes. So I carry it in me and with me. And it's not separate from me. So, yeah, I don't. I have art is so intertwined in my life that Mm. I, yeah, I can't fathom our world without that. Mm. I can see why Frida Kahlo was like in her bed and she created some way to paint still, right? Even though she was better. Had to, had to. I mean, it's just in us, we have to do it or we're just really unhealthy, unhappy people. I think if we're, Oh, I'd be deeply depressed. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would be too. <laughs> I would be too. Um, so I guess that leads into like intuition and, you know, I, I think you've touched on a little here and there, but you know, it seems like you really, really are in touch with your intuition. Yes, I would say that's probably one of the more favorite parts of the process is that it's I'm not following steps from anyone. I'm not following any plans, which I know if there's some artist listening that's uh, frowned upon, right? In some uh, arenas, but <laughs> not, I, I, I just listened to that voice of like, what if I do this? And what if I try that? And I just stay very curious and connected to that. Cause what happens, I feel like if you stay connected to that voice and you, that inner voice, and you just create that one step at a time out of that curiosity, it's amazing. I'll look back at it and go, Oh my gosh, it's like an answer sometime to something I'm struggling with or yes. something I didn't even realize I was struggling with that kind of came out on the page, but there's also something bright about it. Something that came out that was like helpful. Yes. <laughs> and I yeah. wasn't even going for that, but I think if you're so connected in the flow to that intuition, there is something that comes out of it that is special and not I don't think it can be recreated. So I do try, I think I was telling you one of my favorite pieces I've ever created was this piece of my daughter having autism and struggling in the school system and, and struggling as a parent to advocate and when not to advocate and where that line is. And so she happened to come home one night and she was like running all excited. She had a paper over her head. And at first I thought she was in distress because that's typical from school. And she was like excited. So I was like, okay, what happened? And she got this spelling test and she got this great grade on it, which never happened because she's got mm -hmm. dyslexia too. Mm -hmm. So I just, that was the inspiration. That was the intuition. I photocopied that on multiple different surfaces uh, like different colored papers. And then I used uh, baby oil to make it transparent. And that became the backdrop of the whole painting. And then she painted with me and put her words and her numbers, you know, and celebrated that where that's not typically celebrated, especially uh, in the academics. I think. Amber, and that is I, so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I didn't think that would resonate with anyone because it's not a beautiful piece, right? Like the end result is not like, I wouldn't say like, oh, that's going to hang in anybody's living room, right? They're not going to be like, woohoo. But you would be amazed when it was in the gallery show with a lot of different other pieces of mine. That's the one that people ask me about. Really? So I think yeah. it's the vulnerability of it. Or what do you think really resonated the most with people? I think it's the vulnerability. I think it's that connection to the intuition and it's so personal. Yeah. There's nothing that's manufactured about it. It's, mm. it's the, uh, it was her story and my story and we were working hand in hand together throughout that piece we created in one night. And then the center of it is this drawing I had done. And I happened to think of it because it was in a sketchbook. And I was like, oh my gosh, this drawing, it was this girl and she had these roots underneath of her, but I had titled it. I had put next to her lonely girl. Oh. And so I made that the center of the piece. And, and it's so wild because then what it looks like is a silhouette around it of a woman. Wow. And that was not, not purposeful. So, oh my gosh, I just got shivers. 
Wow. <laughs> well, you know, it, it reminds me how, you know, well, probably before 15 years or so, or so ago, or maybe, yeah, probably 15 years, I, you know, I really lacked being able to express the vulnerability. And um, when I finally, through therapy, dared to start expressing my vulnerability, showing my weaknesses, maybe showing that um, I don't have it all together, <laughs> you know, all those mm -hmm. things. When you think you're going to start expressing those, that you're going to get this feedback that people think less of you or they look, you know, it's, and it's so completely the opposite, which sounds like the experience that you had, like the more vulnerable we are, the more we can express our vulnerability the more people interact with that and it resonates with them. And then they dare to share their vulnerability. That's what I've, I found that the connection is not in the perfection, right? Or um, it's, it's usually in that space of depth, and in the depth is hard stuff typically. And so I think that's where we can connect as, I mean, right down to being human, right? I think this being human is that there's some struggles yeah, and that we, we want to connect with each other and, and care for one another. Yeah. So yeah. And know that I we're normal, that. know that we're not alone yes. in our struggles. Yes. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've also been published several times <laughs> and every time you're published, I have to go buy the magazine because first of all, those are magazines that are like, um, I don't know, they're like a drug, even to hold them, the paper and it's, can you tell us where you've been, um, where you've been published and, and maybe briefly like how that happens, because I know there's a lot of people that are like, how does, how do you get published? Yes. I had an artist ask me that actually. And it's funny enough, but when I told her she got published afterwards, cause she did exactly what I did. <laughs> so it's a Stampington and company. And what you do is you send in your work. So the, the hard part is letting go of my journals. I've let go of 44 dresses because I'm now on the um, Somerset studio is the cover. It's the first time I've ever got the cover. Congratulations. And so that's Thank you. It was, it was very exciting. Um, one of my dresses is on the cover. Oh, uh, the current Amber. issue. <laughs> and but so you had yeah, to send yeah, them your originals? Yeah, so you do. Well, I think you can send to so like... For you, Nanette, with your gift of photography, you can send them photo high-res photographs of your work. I just have always sent in, I've let them go and sent them in and yeah, and they've well, the letting, published them. The letting go part yeah. must be sort of therapeutic in and of itself. You would think, but there is some trepidation of, well, you know, there's this strange feeling of like, it's part of me. So I'm like, okay, am I going to be okay if I don't get this part of me back? <laughs> and yeah. so it's, for some reason, the dresses were much harder. I kept going back and forth about even sending them in. But I just thought, you know, it might be an idea for other women, because um, I don't have a huge following on social media. And so I thought it's a way to get that out there that maybe other women will want to create their own paper dresses. Absolutely. And what's the name of the magazine that you have the cover on? 
Somerset Studio. Somerset Studio. And the company is Stampington. That, yeah, that those magazines are just so amazing and gorgeous that I love just even love the paper, you know, the, the thickness Me and too. the texture. And oh my gosh, those are so good. Well, <laughs> like congratulations again on the cover. That's just, it's incredible. Have you gone into a couple shops yet or bookstores or to see the, see the magazine sitting there? Yes, I did. I took a photograph of it. I actually wish I was traveling because it's fun. Like if you're in a magazine to like fly somewhere and be like, oh, the magazine's here too. <laughs> Make sure you put them at the front but, of the magazine rack. <laughs> I did that at the local BAM. <laughs> awesome. Um, one one other question I wondered for you. Well, first of all, I do want to say one of the other things that I admire it about you and, and you have hit on this a couple of times, but is the fact that you really, you really aren't um, on social media very much. And um, when I see when you put new work out or new projects that you're working on, it's like nothing I've ever, ever seen before. And I know from knowing you some that, it's so deeply not coming from, you know, what you see in social media or what you're seeing. It's it's so deeply coming from inside of you. And that's hard in these days when there's so much coming at us that we can look at. And, um, and oftentimes looking at that makes us feel more insecure. And I just really um, respect that you can stay grounded in your own ideas. Yeah, I have to be cautious in not, you know, over um, consuming, right? Like not being um, in that place of like looking and comparing um, because I, I think that happens to most of us, at least it's happened to me. And so, I, and I also, I heard somebody say something about what we consume also comes it's in our art. And I don't want my art to be an overconsumption of social media, right? I want it to be my own experiences, my own life story. And yeah, I just don't, I, I, I haven't ever, I've, I've tried at times to stay connected on social media and then my art just takes over and I'm, you know, if I got five minutes of doing art, right. I'm not necessarily on Instagram. I love that. <laughs> I love that because I'm probably on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why I don't produce as much art as I'd like, but you're such a great role model for that. And, and whenever I see something new come out from you, it reminds me of that Amber. I'm like, oh yeah. The reason that she's got this really unique, interesting, inspired, creative new thing going is because she's really listening deeply to herself. I think it would be hard if I was trying to run a business. So I think I, I admire people, people that are on social media and they're, um, you know, doing that as a business and say, I don't have that pressure. So I think that does help that um interesting you know, that's selling my art yeah that's, that's one of the beauties for you of doing something besides just your art not just your art but you know what I mean um for um your livelihood is that yeah you don't have to be on social media to be able to um get get work 
Yes. Yeah. So I, I do feel grateful in that. I mean, I'd love to be paid full time as an artist, but that's, that's not my journey. And so, um, so yes, there is that silver lining, right. Mm. That I don't have to create to sell and just, I'm creating cause I, because it's like air for me. Mm. And you've really seemed to have found a nice balance. It appears, I, I guess it's, I'll say it appears that you found a nice balance of a work, um, and in art and you found a nice balance of how to make that your life and not just yes, obviously yes. family and children and all those other things but <laughs> yes yeah yeah you weave all that in there too right it's um but I am the space so like even though I um have a full-time position with the military I, my desk is still covered in markers and, you know, anything that I can grab that, and has my little journal sitting there. So even if I'm on the phone, I am, mm. you know, sketching, I'm using my markers. So I'm using, I'm doing a layer, right? So, cause I, I try not to forget wherever I am, my art is with me. Oh, yeah. You, you are the space. That's, that's such a beautiful line. I'm, that's probably maybe one of my biggest takeaways tonight is, is that line. I'm just, I'm going to remember that. And, you know, I also love what you've titled your website and um, what you, your social media handle being altered by Amber. And where, where does that come from? It's funny. I've, I've thought through the years I, I could drop that and then I just stay with it. Just, mm-hmm. um, I think because when I first started and you'll see a little bit, probably on my Instagram, I was altering suitcases and I was selling them on Etsy like 20 years ago. And so I, I love the idea of taking vintage thrown away, uh, just objects no one loves or looks at and recreating them. And so that's where the title really came from was altered by Amber. And that's how I am in my journals. I don't use like, uh, stencils, store-bought stencils. I sometimes make my own and I don't use stamps and things, store-bought stamps, um, because I'm altering everything, right? Like that's, it's in the layers of like excavation and Mm. yeah, creating. I feel like it's even a bigger picture and I don't mean to get all mushy, but you know, anyone who sees your art, or experiences meeting you or spending time with you. I'm sure in one of your classes, or I know just from a personal friend level, like we're, we're altered by Amber. Um, You know, we're, we're better people because we've spent time with you, whether it's you personally or your art or, you know, it's um, yeah, you're a very, very special person. Oh, Nanette, you can make me cry. Thank you. That means so much coming from you too. I just love your photography and your creativity. I was just looking at one of your photographs today. Uh, it was the woman by the fire and I was like, oh, it took my breath away. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, uh, so I know we've, we've, we've danced around it a little bit, but um, can you just tell us where we can find you specifically for people? Cause I know that people after listening to this are going to be like, oh, I've got to see this woman's art. 
<laughs> so funny enough, because I say I'm hardly on social media, I'll direct people to my social media. <laughs> so <laughs> altered by Amber on Instagram and it's alteredbyamber.com. I don't update that too often, but um, but you can see a couple of tutorials and you can contact me through that. And it's also alteredbyamber at gmail.com. I've uh, kept everything. So everything's altered by Amber. Yeah. And they can pick up one of uh, Somerset Studio magazine and yes. see, see you on the cover, see your, your artwork on the cover. And um, yeah, this has been such, such a pleasure. And I'm thrilled that you spent this time with me. And um, I just, uh, I really love your art. I really love the role model you are for a female artist, listening to your intuition, listening to your heart. You're such a passionate person. And thank you so, so much for our time together today. Thank you, Nanette. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. Please check the show notes for links and resources to everything we mentioned in this episode. And if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit my website at nanettefaygordon.com. And surprise, surprise, I specialize in photographing women over 50. If you'd like more information, you can log on to my website. Thank you for listening.